0: Life in the land of the ice and snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with Anna from the Netherlands. Hi, Anna.
1: Hello, hello. Good to be here today.
0: So, all I know is the Netherlands. What part of the Netherlands are you from?
1: I'm from Leiden. I do not know before? that. <laughs> no. <laughs> not many people have heard of Leiden. Um, so, Leiden is a student city, a student town that is located just in between. Um, Schiphol and The Hague. And in between it, that's where Light is.
0: Okay, and now you're in Stockholm? Yes. Yes. So tell me about how that happened. What brought you to Stockholm?
1: What brought me to Stockholm? Well, <clears throat> I grew up living internationally, so I'm used to the entire expat life of moving every five, eight years. And so it's something that's kind of built into my almost like my biological clock at around like a certain point it starts vibrating. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) where do we go to next? Um, And so before Stockholm, my partner and I, we lived in London and we were getting to the eight year mark, eight, nine years. So it's kind of like, okay, so where do we want to move to next? And uh, we just gotten married. So that was kind of like this big hurdle that we got over. And then we thought, okay, so now we have all this time on our hands. So why don't we take up a new project? And a great project is always trying to move. Um, <laughs> so I have a background in um, investment backing, so I know my way around an Excel sheet. So what I created was an Excel document to look at different locations based on criteria on where we would want to live next.
0: Wow. You're yeah. prepared.
1: <laughs> I was prepared. So I looked at different locations, div- you know all these different criteria. And so it came down we boil, boiled it down to either we wanted to stay in London uh, because we loved our London life. And there wasn't anything actually telling us to leave London aside from the fact that Brexit had literally just about happened. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the only thing that happened recently, but there was nothing else aside from that that was telling us that we should be moving. And so London was still on the books to stay, but just assessing: then, okay, what else do we, where could we live? Um, so then Amsterdam was a high ranker and then Stockholm was a high ranker. And so we went to Amsterdam for a little taster, kind of like, you know, I'm I'm from the Netherlands, but I actually didn't, I never lived in Amsterdam. I don't, never really lived that life as an adult. So we went there, we met up with some friends and I was like, oh God, this, Amsterdam is a really cool place to live. It's got this, like this vibration, this, you know, great energy. Uh, so we loved to think like, oh, you know, maybe we are going to move to Amsterdam, And then we went to Stockholm and whilst I didn't get this same vibe, I'd I'd also never been to Stockholm before. I'd never been to Sweden before. Um, Whilst I didn't get this vibration of uh, we must move here. I did get the feeling of that when I did my thorough research that I loved the, um, the ethos of Swedish life. And that really pulled me to that, uh, to that decision with my, with my, partner because i love the fact that life here is all around you know nature um family work-life balance and i think in the next stage of my life that was going to be something that i wanted to prioritize and that's kind of what tipped the scale in stockholm's direction
0: Wow, that, that's what I was going to ask is, what was it that made Stockholm the place to go? Uh, let's see, I guess you're within the EU, and you you got out before Brexit. No,
1: we got out just no, in the nick of time of
0: Brexit. Your partner's not in the EU. Oh, he's hes Norwegian.
1: So when we decided that, okay, it's going to be Sweden, I was like, well, you know what? Our future children are probably going to learn Swedish over Norwegian. Are oh you okay God. with life? Oh, I don't know. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. So he just has to deal with it.
0: (laughs) How was it for you finding a job here?
1: You know what? I thought I started a year in advance. I thought it would take me forever. But within like two months, I had three job offers. So I was really, really lucky. So I'm an agile coach and... Apparently, there is a lack of Agile coaches in Stockholm. So that made that a really easy transition. So I, I, got, I got a great job and it went really quickly. And then we actually decided to take a kind of a little sabbatical in between living in London and then moving to Stockholm. But then COVID happened. Well, so we, we went on our sabbatical. We went on a month-long holiday around the world. And then COVID happened. And so the, then the move was delayed a little bit, but we still made it over in time.
0: Well, you have to tell me what does an agile coach do because I have no idea.
1: Uh, so what I do on a day-to-day basis is that I support teams in performing better, really in a nutshell. I work with them in, in terms of the agile methodology, which is its values and principles, and then applying that to the way that they work. And this kind of this philosophy of working comes from uh, development technical teams, um, but that can be applied to also normal operational teams. So I help bring those two together uh, to function function effectively. So I work, help set up teams, help them work effectively, look at strategy, look at uh, skills and performance. So it's a really a varied job and it's so much fun. I have so much fun every single day doing what I do. I feel really lucky. <laughs>
0: What are some of the differences you noticed? I mean, obviously, the, the job is slightly different, but in work culture, just between, say, London and Stockholm, did you notice a huge difference?
1: I work for a really international company. So, the, you know, the people that I work with in my team at the moment, we have people that stretch from as far as uh, Shanghai to Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so, we have people from all over. So, to me, I don't f- hear like the screaming Swedish culture, but what I do feel is like the underlying Swedish culture when it comes to respecting of people's time. You know, in London, I would have a call at eight o'clock on a Friday and that would, if you didn't join the call, that would be quite unacceptable. Whereas here, it's kind of like, what, what do you mean? Five o'clock, you've got a call? No, we're kind of dialing out of everything around 4.30, you know, so... <laughs> (laughs) That kind of stuff, which I absolutely love because I'm a massive advocate of work life balance and have, you know, healthy work is so important and it's not everything. And I love that it's people, it's okay to say at work, this is not my life. I like my job, but this is not everything that makes me who I am. Whereas in London, that's not really the case necessarily. Like you're expected to really compromise uh, in certain ways. Um, and I really, and that's, again, part of my diligent criteria was this kind of culture. And I've, I feel really happy that I've experienced that so far.
0: Can I, can I also ask on your Excel spreadsheet, um, what are some of the other, like, pluses that brought Stockholm in the not the final countdown I'm I'm getting to yeah into Swedish music um
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yes Eurovision is it was on the criteria you know the culture of Eurovision is very high
0: (laughs) I mean Uh, ABBA so
1: (laughs) exactly the land of ABBA who can reject that (laughs) so other things that were on the criteria one of the big one is well we don't have a family yet but we want to have a family and the financial comparison between london amsterdam and stockholm is just crazy my key one of my key buzz numbers is that if you think about childcare in london for one month for one child from from the age of 1 is about 2000 pounds then we go to amsterdam that is probably around 1,000 to 1,500 euros and versus Stockholm where it's I think uh, my statistics showed me at the time that it's capped at uh, I think 150 pounds and that is just you know the child care just going to school so having a minor there and to me that is just crazy of course you pay some more taxes here but what you get back from the social system is amazing um so financially the the setup is great and again to me that shows that's really showing to the culture that you have where family is important work life balance is important i love the fact that it's not you're not allowed to send your children to daycare until after the age of 1 which incentivizes people to spend time with the children that they've created. I, I, I love that philosophy. One of my colleagues, he has a uh, an au pair and the au pair can only work maximum 25 or 26 hours. So again, the whole system is set up that, sure, you can get help. That's important. We want that. But this is not something that somebody's going to work 40, 50, 60 hours to solely take care of your children. I think all of those things are just amazing from a culture perspective that they focus on that.
0: I I think it's great that it's also, some of the rules are with the uh, father leave as well as the mother leave. And as I've been here quite a while and the father leave has gone up for the like minimum required amounts. So they really want, I want to say it was two months when I came and now it's up to, they have to at least take four, but of course you can take- as much as, not as yeah. much as you like, but you can take a lot. You're not even limited to that as father. And uh, yeah. I think that's such a great system.
1: Um, one of the things that I was very passionate about also in, in London is that the fact of that paternity care wasn't, that it isn't great. And to me, that is one of the most essential things to have uh, equality in the workplace because if the burden, well, not the burden, but if the responsibilities on the shoulders of the mother, then how can we ever have true equality in the workplace? And again, from a philosophy perspective, I love the fact that Sweden really advocates and also pushes businesses as a government, that they help push businesses into that direction because that is needed to make real change
0: happen. So let's look at maybe a little darker side and deal with some Swedish problems. What are some things that maybe kind of you think are odd or annoy you?
1: Of course, there are the dark sides to every place you live. So an everyday nuance, at least to my life, is the little rocks that are everywhere. They get on in your shoes. Somehow, I always get them, even if I'm wearing high boots, I always get them in my boots And it hurts And then I have to take off my shoe In the middle of the road Zip it up And then take out this tiny little rock That has gone straight to my toe And, you know, throw it away And then five minutes later The whole shebang
0: happens again These little rocks get everywhere <laughs> It's so funny because actually yesterday I, I was right behind a girl Who stopped in the middle of the sidewalk And took off her boot to get the rocks out We should probably explain For, for people who aren't living here right now That in the winter <laughs> They put gravel Everywhere, so you don't slip and fall in the ice. Therefore, this gravel ends up in your house because it gets stuck in the treads in your boots. And yes, I agree with you. It doesn't matter how high your boots are, somehow that gravel gets in. I have no idea how it happens. And I'll, I'll tell you, if you have kids, it's like 50 times worse because they don't even notice. So they get home and they take off those boots and just dump them all over the floor. It's so many little rocks. I've got a little
1: puppy and that guy brings back half of the street's worth oh of no. rocks in his fur. It is crazy. I have, like I feel like I've got, today we bought one of those Roombas. It's essential living here, especially mm-hmm. in the winter. We have because one too. they little rocks, they get refined and you end up having sun. It's kind of like you're living at the beach, but in snow.
0: yes. <laughs> So, how long have you been in Sweden now?
1: I've been in Sweden now one year and three quarters of a year. So, coming up to two years, yeah.
0: All right. And you've also, like, you came at a time when it's a little strange with pandemic everywhere. So, it was
1: super strange. Yeah. Especially because we were out, we moved right when the UK came out of their first lockdown. And when we arrived, I was used to the UK lockdown, so keeping distance. And so I remember being in a store and somebody like grazed past me and I was like, oh my God,
0: too close, too
1: close. But here there was no restriction. So like on the one hand, I absolutely loved it. The fact that we moved at that time because we were able to do so much. At the same time, it took a little bit of acclimatization and it was quite odd from kind of getting to know a country because to be honest, I've only been into my office maybe a handful of times. So I've gotten to know everybody virtually. And I haven't really gotten to know Stockholm as a Cindy as I would have imagined I would have, because I've not we've not been able to go out as much and meet people in, you know, in the city. We've made great friends, but that's more at their homes. And you know, mm-hmm. I think what we have learned very well is the art of house parties. So that is a great learning from COVID times is how to have a great house party.
0: (laughs) I would say that generally during the winter, that's how it is anyway, because it's, (laughs) you know, nobody really wants to go out and there's no outdoor seating at the restaurants. Mm. So it, at least with us, it's during the winter is when we have dinners at our house or dinners at other people's house that time of year. And then in the summer, we're all on vacation or, or just meeting up in a park or something. So that's actually not so different. It just shouldn't have been for so long. This place, in my opinion, is just amazing, especially in the summer. Everyone outdoors, people are so active during the summer. Yeah, it's just going to be nice to see a return to that. I'm, I'm hoping that
1: that happens. Yeah, I think, again, I think that's part of the Swedish lifestyle is being active outdoors. I love the fact that it's pretty much the philosophy here that mm-hmm. it's not about the weather. weather it's about your clothing, <laughs> and so there's always a way to get outside rain, sunshine or snow blizzards or hail you can always go outside and you can always grill sausages outside oh yeah you know, there's always time for grilling sausages and i love that i love 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 that in in london at at, at the Chew, what they sell you but they tell you unless it's perfect weather conditions there's always adverse weather conditions in london for the <laughs> It's if there's a little bit too much wind, if there's a little bit of rain, but also wait a moment when it gets a little too hot. It's very adverse weather conditions. <laughs> Everybody do remember to drink and the trucks are going to boil over. It's, you know, it's people can't handle the weather and yeah fact that here that's not the case you can handle anything just put on some socks get layers on and go outside it's also the great thing is that children here just live in leotards and their bodysuits. so they're <laughs> kind of used to that so you know oh, yeah you can wear that anywhere in any weather conditions so you're
0: okay <laughs> i guess we should wrap it up because we're almost out of time thank you so much for being on have a good evening <laughs> Thanks, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.